Hello friends, thanks for checking out today's episode of Coming Up In My Sneakers. Today we have James Malonis, who is a realtor and fashion personality, and he is best known for his unbelievable shoe collection, which I happen to know he has to store at his own house and his family member's house as well because he's getting up into the 100s of pairs. Uh, so welcome, James. Oh, hire. He's telling me hire. <laughs> James, welcome. Thanks so much for coming. No, thank you for having me. Amazing. Um, so I'm going to just jump right into it. This is about your come up story. And uh, anybody that's listening, uh, James, oh, I mentioned you're a realtor. And, um, you know, we're going to just see how you got here and uh, where it all began. So let's start with where you were born. Hey, I was born in Richmond Hill, just north of the city. Okay. And uh, born into a Greek family of entrepreneurs. Amazing. Yeah. And um, uh, what were you like sort of in elementary school? Like when did you first, did you ever first have a feeling of like, you know, I want to be in fashion, I want to be in real estate. Did you know that? Yeah, as a young kid, I kind of knew what I wanted. Um, I kind of knew my attraction to boys from a young age and I knew what I wanted out of life from a young age and I was forced to grow up quickly. So I kind of just knew like bang on early what I wanted to do and just kind of ran with it. Amazing. And... Um, Oh yeah, so so how did um, so you went to elementary school in Richmond Hill, and then you went uh, you did high school there as well. Yeah, everything like all my schooling was in Richmond Hill. I've lived there my whole life. Um, I was twenty when I moved to the city, just after my parents' divorce. Kind of just came at a good time to you know move on and start fresh and kind of re-identify myself. Okay, amazing. And did you go to uh, college or university? Um, I lasted all of like 42 hours. I got bored, so I left. <laughs> Honestly, that's a lot of our stories. Yeah. So I'm doing me feel bad. What did you end up going to college and university for? My parents wanted me to go into pre-law and then become a lawyer. And I'm like, it's not for me. Like, I'm not... I hate to say to any lawyer listening, but I'm not boring. Um, <laughs> like, sorry, no tea, no shade. But, like, real estate was always meant for me. Um, I just love the fast-paced market and the fashion that comes with real estate and just being, you know, my own boss. Amazing. So what was, like, your very, very first taste of real estate? Like, can you even remember a time when you were a kid? Yeah, I mean, like, my family was in it you know, for a long time. My grandfather was a developer. My father had commercial holdings. Um but just watching, you know, early on in the days of like the Rogers real estate TV channel and being like, yeah, that's what I want to do when I'm older. And what was the initial thing that attracted you to it? Um, I'm, I'm an Aquarius, so I can't be tied down. Um, so just being my own boss was kind of like the biggest thing for me, being able to set my own hours, get up in the morning, you know, go to the gym, go to yoga, go for a hike, you know, maybe do some shopping, show up at the office around 11, have a glass of wine, sell a house, and then go home. <laughs> that sounds like a phenomenal day. I, I wish it actually happened that way, but it actually doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that literally sounds like a perfect day. Um, okay, and then uh, going to college and university, was that something that you thought maybe yourself, hmm, I should do that? Or was that more of like your parents' pressure? It was my parents' pressure. Um, it was the whole like, you have to go to college, you have to get married, you have to have children. And I'm like, this is not for me. So mm -hmm. I just decided to not... Do it. Do it. Yeah. Amazing. And I, I know a lot of people probably feel that and, um, you know, they might be in something that they feel isn't for them, but like they want to do something else, but then they have pressure of like family or this or that. Like, how did you have the courage to just be like, no, it's not for me. I'm not doing it. Um, I think the fact my parents got divorced around that same time was kind of like, I don't have to listen to you anymore. Um, but it, I just knew like I was not going to be happy. So why would I waste a six figure, um, you know, school cost? 
to not be happy. Yeah. No, it's it's very logical. Yeah. It's just crazy how many people find themselves in that situation where, you know, they almost maybe haven't thought of it or they're going because they're being pressured by their parents or whatnot. Um, okay, that's great. So, and what was, uh, so how did you first get into real estate? I know you said your family was in it, but at this point, were you sort of separate from your family or did you kind yeah. of leverage off of that to get into no. it? No. So I've built everything on my own. I've actually distanced myself from my father's side of the family. Um, for personal reasons. So when I got into real estate, it was after their divorce and, you know, just went to the Ontario Real Estate Association, started the courses and just plowed through them. And I was 20, oh my God, I was 21 when I started. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you? Um, it took me about 18 months. I wasn't doing it full time to study. Um, the first phase I did in about nine months and then the rest I banged out very quickly. Um, and then like most other professions, you got an article afterwards. So I had a two-year articling cycle, which I was allowed to work during the same time, learned a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes, and now all the schooling is behind me and just moving forward. Nice. And um, did you, uh, when you first started doing your schooling, you said you were working at the same time? Mm-hmm. Uh, where were you working and how were you managing all that? Yeah, so I was working um, like both in fashion and in retail management. So I had the flexibility to kind of study at night because I had a very like seven to three style job. Um, so I could study at night while still having a bit of a social life. And then when I met my partner, he pushed me to finish the schooling because he's like, you're partying way too much. Just buckle down, <laughs> get it done with and start living the life you want to live. So nice. Yeah. It helps to get that push sometimes, even though you think you're pushing yourself, even people that are very like self-driven still need a push from other people. Maybe it's direct, like you need to stop doing this and do this. Yeah. Or sometimes it's like the reverse of like, I find sometimes it needs to be like something needs to be pulled away from you in order for you to be like, Oh my God, I got to do it or something like that. Yeah. And like with the real estate schooling, there's like a timeline to get it done and there's a certain grade to pass. And you know, it was all like that pressure. I was like a really good student in school. And then when I came to the real estate studying, I'm like, eh, it's easy. Like, I've, you know, lived it my whole life. I know what I'm doing. But the the courses are not written very, um, very practical or with a lot of common sense. And I find a lot of the answers that I was answering were wrong, even though they were right. Because they were right by the way I would do it, but wrong the way that it was written. Mm-hmm. So It's a lot of um, book smarts versus actuality. <laughs> yeah, and that's really the case. Because it's like the first, you know, two years of my business... I was making mistakes left, right, and center because I literally learned nothing in school. Yeah, I know. It's so unfortunate that that that's the way most programs end up working for some reason. I don't know why, you know, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other podcast, like the education system and how it's like programmed around that. But at least you just got through it and Mm -hmm. then you were able to start. Okay, so just a quick recap. So born and raised in Richmond Hill. um, Did you have a job throughout high school at all? Yeah, my parents made us work. Um, We didn't have to. My parents were very fortunate to be wealthy, but they made us work. And, um, you know. Where did you work? So I I started working, and honestly, do not laugh, I started working at Walmart. Oh my god, everyone has kids. My first job was Tim Hortons, so okay. like everybody has it. at Walmart stocking the toy shelf. Amazing. And it was good, because it taught you like how to check in on time and like be accountable to someone. Totally. And then I just moved up into the management side of things really quickly, and then from there went on to the retail side of fashion, and then into the styling side of fashion. Amazing. Yeah, yeah so tell me a little bit about like that sort of fashion journey of yours. So you're... Uh, in high school you're working and then um, you get a little bit older your parents split like so where did your fashion journey fit into that whole just before my parents divorce I okay. was kind of shopping for my mom um, and then bringing things home for her and her friends 
and it kind of turned into like a you know personal styling gig with um, with a department store in Toronto, and that kind of just led its way into some really great relationships around the city. So okay, so you were kind of doing like was it almost like pop up events in a way or like sort of yeah so. You know, I was shopping on my mom's Amex, bringing stuff home for her to try on. But then, you know, one day one of her girlfriends was over and was like, hey, I like that. They were the same size and she ended up buying it for my mom. Oh, so beautiful. I kind of spun my own little, like, you know, boutique out of it. And then the department store kind of caught on to what I was doing. And then we merged the relationship with it. Um, and it was great. And honestly, I would still be there, but I just can't answer to someone 24 mm-hmm. 7. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, I just want to get, like, chronologically. So, how old were you when you were doing that? Um, like, between 18 and 20. So, were you doing that and you were simultaneously doing your real estate education as well? No. I st- like, right after I finished that fashion side, I started studying for my real estate exams. Okay. And then, you know, 20 to 21, 22 is when I finished my school and got into the business. Okay. So, you always still had that, like, natural love for fashion going into real estate, but you were yeah. just like, I want to do real estate more, and then, yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I'm still doing it. Like, I've got girlfriends in real estate who are like, hey, I've got new headshots. Can we go shopping? And I'm like, okay. Okay. I mean... <laughs> You're taking away time from my, you know, my condo selling, but sure, not a problem. Like, I love it. I miss it. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's just, if it's a part of your personality, it's, it's always going to show up somehow in yeah. like whatever you're doing. You could have been a lawyer. Yeah. And, like, you would have been a very fashionable lawyer. I would walk, probably walk into court with, like, I'm a queen suit and just been like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> He's guilty. No. Yeah. Um, Facts. <laughs> Okay, cool. So you were doing that, then you got pushed into, or you pushed yourself into real estate. Yeah. Um... So what was your first experience with real estate? Like, did you, what was your first sale? Okay, so everyone thinks real estate's really glamorous. My first year in real estate, I made $1,700. I believe it. I did one lease the whole year. I believe it. And it was tough. It was tough. But, I mean, it's the whole, like, fake it till you make it. So mm-hmm. being 22, and I was selling back in Richmond Hill at the time, that's where I grew up. So I thought I could leverage that market. But it had changed so drastically since I left that... Um, I wasn't really fitting into the market up there, which mm-hmm. is when I moved myself to the city and then bred James in the city. Right. Yeah. So, okay, let's go to that point in your life when you did move to the city. How old did you say you, get, you were again? 21 at the time? Or um, I was about 19 when I moved to the city. Okay. Um, I was still like working in Richmond Hill. It just was a really awkward time. It was like a transition time. period. Yeah, it was a transitional yeah. period. And when you first moved uh, down here, like where did you go? Where did you uh, live? Um, we lived, like, off the Danforth. Typical Greeks, like, off the Danforth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh, mom. and did you move with your mom, or did you move with by yourself? No, with my mom. Like, she okay. bought her childhood home, so I just moved in with oh, her. Oh, wow. That's so nice. Yeah, and then I met my partner shortly after, and that kind of just started that whole journey of my life. Nice. Yeah. Um, what are the odds that her childhood home was even for sale? I know. It's like, that woman has a horse shopper butt. She gets everything she wants. It's like, what wow. if my home's available? And we walk by and just happen to see a coming soon sign. So she snagged it. and That's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you're living in Danforth, uh, and then you're starting your real estate and everything. Um, first year, $1,700. That is very common, actually, yeah. right? And in, in really any business, in really anything that you do, like, the first year is the hardest, and it's, like, the trial period. It's, like, if you no one's going to do well in their first year it's guaranteed Mm -hmm. but if you can push past it and then it's almost like a guarantee that you will do well but then it's like a year is a lot 12 months is a long time it's a long time so I was fortunate that I had a lot of savings and also that I had my partner to fall back on 
because um, he kind of really just helped push me through the... And he's older than you, right? Yeah, so he, he is. So he had an established career? Yeah, Scott is, like, very well on his on his career. Like, he's got his nine to five and three assistants. And nice, okay. <laughs> he's got his whole little, little routine. He can't do what I do. Um, and I can't do what he does. I cannot sit behind a desk all day. Yeah. Like, I, I, I literally could not. Cool, okay. Yeah. So, okay, great. And then what about year two? So year two was better. Um, it really just, like... Okay, it's more than double, but like if I said double, it'd only be thirty three hundred dollars. Yeah, but, <laughs> like it really picked up. So a lot of the work that I was doing year one turned into year two, and that's what people forget about business is that yeah, you can do all this work and not get paid for it, but years two to five, you're going to see that return. Mm-hmm. Like I signed a listing the other night for someone that I've been working on for nine months. Exactly. Right, and people well, don't well. realize that it's not immediate. Like real estate is not an immediate business, mm-hmm. and if it is, then you're. You know, you've been handed a book down or you've been in the business 20 plus years. Yeah. Like I look at other realtors my own age who started around the same time I did and they're, they've got an established book, but they've also got moms and dads who've been in the business. Yes. Right. So I started fresh by myself, did not use family connections at all and worked my own way. That's amazing and super commendable too because I think real estate, I find anyway, is one of the most commonly sort of passed down, quote unquote, uh, businesses Mm -hmm. from parent to child Um, because it's just, I don't want to say it's easy to, but it kind of is because you like, you kind of just have them around and then they learn and then they just start doing the deals themselves. I mean, with their education, of course, but I feel like it's different than like selling, you know, a traditional bricks and mortar business Mm -hmm. where there's like paperwork involved and it's an actual pass down of a business. I feel like real estate, they can kind of just jump into it. Yeah. So like very commendable to you to like just be doing it all by yourself and you. build from literally nothing at such a young age too, 20, 22, right? I started 22, 22. yeah. Yeah, right? Like that's really amazing. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. And then you've been in the business now how many years? Uh, a little over six years. Beautiful. Yeah. So that, sorry, that brings you up to, I'm going to totally ask your age. I know we're not supposed to, but uh, well, we, um, everyone can no, do the math now. 22 plus six, 28. I'm 28. Oh my God. <laughs> the fact that it took me that long to do that is a problem. <laughs> Listen, I can't cast, count past my fingertips. So. <laughs> me neither. Except for when it comes to shoes. <laughs> That's a different story. I know exactly how many pairs I have, how many flip flops, how many running, sh- well, running shoes I can tell you. There's like four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how many pairs of shoes do you have? Oh my God. Okay. Scott better not listen to this. It's like, it's well over 500 pairs. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Okay, and where are they all stored? Okay, so I have some in my home office, in my work office, in my closet. Um, I have, like, all my boots, like, my back porch, some at my mom's house. Um, I have, like, a vacation closet where all of, like, my sandals are. Right. Um, I've got stuff at, like, my storage locker where my staging stuff is. Like, Amazing. it's real. I have a really bad problem with shoes. I like, do, too. It's my okay. sales girl at Holt will call and be like, I have your size. My size is not common. Right. So, what size are you? 14, you said? 13, yeah, 14? I, like between a 46 to a 48, depending on the shoe. It's like a 13 to 15, depending on the shoe and the cut. Yeah, so that's difficult. It is. So when they're on sale or they're just like something that's unique, I'm just like, yeah, sure, like just charge it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm just, I keep on doing like these little recaps because I want to make sure that we have your exact story. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, year one, year two, uh, you're doing a lot better. Yeah. What, did you join a brokerage? Like, how did you even know, or sorry, like, how did you even know what to do, where to go type of thing? Yeah, so when I started, um, I've known my broker my whole life. I've watched her build and scale, um, to become the number one brokerage in York region. 
Um, she got a Toronto office as well, which is what I joined. Um, but her York region presence is massive. Like anyone says Vivian Reese and they know exactly who she is. Oh, I think even I know her. R-I-S-I? Yeah. Yeah. Like she's on the back of like every bus going up Young Street in Richmond Hill. Um, she's got a really big brokerage. So I was fortunate to start with her because she's a lot of young agents starting and new agents. So she's built an additional program for young agents to learn what the college didn't teach you. So it's more practical. How to work your database, how to talk to people, how to go on a listing appointment. Which is, that's what you should be learning yeah. in real estate school. I don't need to know the history of how they measured back in the yeah, pilgrim like, days. Yeah, like, who cares? Right, where they used, like, rocks and twigs. Like, I'm sorry, that's not relevant in today's society <laughs> no. when I can't even see rocks in the city. The only rocks I see are concrete slabs. Exactly. So. Okay, so good. Yeah. Amazing. So you've joined with her, and you've been with her ever since. I've been with her ever since. Cool. Yeah. Now you've been eight years, you said? Six, uh, six years. years. Six years. Yeah. Um... And so, and then where are you now and sort of where are you going? What are you looking to like grow with your career? Okay. So year three, four, and five all were really good years. Year six, like this year has been the best year ever. I've seen more business come at me than I can handle. I mean, not that I can handle, but like that I know what to do with. It's like scheduling people at the right time. Because everyone wants to list their house yesterday. Mm -hmm. But certain properties have to wait for a certain time. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I've got one that we pushed out purposely at the end of summer because it's got like a $300,000 backyard. Right. Right. With a pool and rocks and granite and a beautiful tea house. And it's just, it's Gorgina. But uh, <laughs> it's my favorite word. I, I love that word too. But yeah. wait, so sorry, can we pause there and can yeah. you talk to us a little bit about that for uh, for a quick sec? This yeah, is yeah. a little bit more like real estate-y, but just out of sheer curiosity, what? Uh, so you said the backyard is Gorgina, and so you want to wait till the end of summer, and why is that? To the end, end of school season. Um, so, so that would be next June? No, no, no. Like, like, oh, like right now? Yeah, so we oh, listed so you like... waited already. Yeah, okay, we waited yeah. all of June. Right. Okay, so, that makes sense because parents are busy with their kids in school. Exactly. So school's out and for people who don't want to have the Muskoka Cottage, this is the cottage in the city. Right. Right. It's a massive home with a big pool and a big lot. So I thought if we pushed it out to the right time, getting parents focused on real estate after school... They can see, you know, childhood activities that they can do in the summertime. Mm-hmm. It worked really well. Like, a lot of people have been coming through have been families, like, young families with kids who want the pool. Mm-hmm. And it's right in that sweet price point that's going to attract a lot of people. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. And so what... Um, I'm, like, really blanking on a lot of my questions for you today. I'm like, um... I was going to say it's Monday, but it's not. <laughs> I thought it was, too. If you told me I that it like was Monday. Monday, then I would have... <laughs> it's, like, the mondayest whatever whatever-day today is ever. <laughs> Literally. Tuesday, <laughs> Wednesday. Tuesday. I don't even know. I don't know. Um, okay, cool. So, okay, so you're really... And how have you... Um, how have you... Like, I, I hate the word, like, you know, differentiating. Like, I feel like so many different... Uh, like buzzwords get thrown around in business and in real estate yeah. and even in fashion. Um, but I have to ask, like, how have you sort of differentiated yourself or niched yourself to attract this business? Yeah. So when I, I built my brand, um, it was kind of like the end of year one where James and City was kind of born. And I just started working more into the city and I would do my little videos. Um, I was one of like, the first realtors in Toronto on Instagram at the time. And just doing little update videos like, hey guys, it's James in the city, or James is in the city today. Like, something stupid. Yeah. And then one of my mentors was like, that's your brand. James in the city? Yeah. Is that how it was born? Yeah. Okay. That's legit how it was born. And it just, like, the logo came out of that, and it just grew. 
And now it's to the point where people, like, send me mail address James in the City, or they call him by name James in the City, <laughs> which is, it's kind of cute, it's really funny. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I do that a lot with, like, like sometimes people's Instagram names are so far off their actual name, yeah. and I don't even remember their actual name, but I just know their Instagram name, and I'm like, hey, 458 underscore zero, or, like, what, <laughs> like, not that, but you know what but I like mean? like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like I, I remember certain, you, and, like, whatever, but, yeah. Yeah, I've got certain people saved in my phone, like, by their Instagram handle, because totally. I don't know what their last name is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're just, like... And you can't put James, because it's, like... hundred. Yeah, or Heather. Like, it's just, you need... Unless the person has a really unique first name, yeah. you have to put their Instagram, too. That's so funny. Total. Um, where was I going with this? Sorry, so that's oh, how your brain was... Born. Yeah. Yeah, so just started really niching into the Toronto market. And, you know, one of my mentors was like, you know, you should really be the gay realtor. And I'm like... That's the tackiest thing ever. I don't want to be associated in my business by my sexuality. Yeah, like it has no like um, correlation. With yeah, that. Like, that'd right. be like me being like the straight stylist. <laughs> like really? Yeah. Right. So I I really kind of pick and choose the kind of clients I work with. So I love young first time buyers. I love millennials, but I also love the fashion and the philanthropy clients because that's a big part of my life too. Right, like attending fashion week, going to charity events, fundraising, like that's a huge part of my life. So niching myself into two mark into two styles of like young millennial, but also very fashion and charity forward was a really cool blend. Um, and I, I'm I call myself the unrealtor. Like you'll never see me in a suit, you'll never catch me like wearing a tie. That's yeah, just, I don't think I have ever. No, I mean unless it's black tie and I'm wearing Tom Ford, it's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or you're like at a wedding or something. <laughs> Even then, like I don't like ties. Um, I've got a really big neck, so I don't like feeling constrained. Mm-hmm. But it's also just not my aesthetic. Yeah. Right. I'd rather just be in something fun and you know fashion forward. I love pattern. I love print. Um, a lot of people know me by my shoes because I'm you know I could wear the same pair or a different pair of shoes every single day in the year and not wear the same pair twice. Mm-hmm. And people kind of recognize me by you know, the shoe that I'm wearing. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Cause like, I think a lot of people obviously associate real estate and like suits and dressed mm-hmm. up and whatnot. Um, so talk to me a little bit about your philanthropy, uh, aspect of things. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of causes that I'm really big on. Um, you know, women living in shelters, childhood abuse, addiction. Um, these are the things that I've, I've lived through. So those are our causes that are really big to me. So a portion of my commission every month goes to um, to certain charities. So I donate some to the Royal Page Shelter Foundation, which is which helps women living in shelters. Also the Covenant House because forty five percent of youth living on our street are LGBTQ. Really? Yeah, it's really sad. Oh my god, I did not know that stat. Forty five percent. And I was fortunate to like not be kicked out of my house when I came out. Like my mom like really fought my dad to not have me leave. Um, so it's just, it's my little way of giving back to, um, you know, to the youth of tomorrow. Cause really all it takes is one person to, to give you hope. Mm-hmm. No, seriously. Can you talk to me a little bit about if you're comfortable, like yeah. how you're coming out story to your parents and stuff like that? I just feel like it um, could be very helpful for someone listening. Yeah. So, I mean, coming out to my dad is a really dark, um, stories. I really don't want to get into that too, too much. No problem. Um, with my mom, when I came out with to her, she was like, she forced out of me. She's like, anything you want to tell me? I'm like, no. It's <laughs> like, you can tell me anything. I'm like, I know. Uh, she goes, there's nothing. I'm like, hey, there's a hole in the wall from a house party. Like, it's getting fixed. Like, calm down. <laughs> and she's like, well, okay, but you're gay, right? And I'm like, yeah, I like boys. Like, what's the big deal? Why do I have to put everything on a label? She's like, oh, thank God. Okay, let's go shopping. Aw. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Yeah. Okay, good. So, and that's, I think, 
I mean, I'm not someone to talk from that experience because I, I've never been through it, but I feel like telling, having any sort of burden or having, or I shouldn't say burden, but any type of like, you know, information or something that you're feeling like, like that's hard for you. I feel like all you need sometimes is like one person that you love to just appreciate you and then, and understand you. And then like, I feel like you can just conquer the world otherwise. Like, but you need that one person. Yeah. That was my mom for me. Like she just has been like my biggest cheerleader through, (laughs) sorry, through everything I do. Amazing. That's good. So you're super fortunate. And then I'm sorry to hear about, um, you know, your, your dad. Yeah. We won't get into it, but, um, yeah, at least, you know, you had, you had your mom and stuff like that, which is amazing. Oh yeah. She's, she's great. Like she's the ultimate cheerleader. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, okay, cool. So where? So it's 2019, mm-hmm. and you are a realtor, mm-hmm. six years in, having your best year. You're very involved with uh, the fashion community, very involved with charity and th- philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, you are com- in a committed relationship. You're not married, though, right? No, not married. It's like the world's longest engagement. <laughs> uh, are you, so you were technically engaged? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I proposed to Scott, like, oh, my God, seven years ago. Oh, my um, God. And it's just been the world's longest engagement because it's like... Who do you invite and like Ugh, where do you so do stressful. it? And I mean, because you're married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're Italian, so it's my like, husband is. I'm not, yeah. but like, yeah, it's just it's very stressful. It's yeah, easier to just kind of like be married already and like not even go through the <laughs> exactly. I'm like, let's just go to Vegas. I have like eldest married Liter- like literally though, <laughs> or some dry queen. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, I I used to hear that when I was like little, and I'm like, no, that's so silly. But now that I've been through it, I'm like, no, 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 that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's a great idea. Great idea. Um, okay, cool. And so what is sort of next? Like, I don't want to be like, where do you see yourself in five years? But like, where do you see yourself? <laughs> five years? Um, um, or like, where? what are you like sort of building towards? Or do you have any like crazy goals? Yeah, so there's, um, I'm expanding the James and the City team. And I'm growing James and the City into a lifestyle brand. Amazing. So what does that mean? Um, Tell us. I, I, honestly, it's like my, I think of like Bethany Frankel and Skinny Girl. Oh, right? okay. So she's got like a real estate division and she's got the charity division. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. Because she is a partner with, um, on New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah with Fredericks. Yeah, yeah. Flip Homes, right? Um, she's got her real estate division. She's got, you know, the alcohol line and she's got a whole bunch of things. So just little things in the work. I think um, I have a variety of sketches that were going to get launched many years ago into a fashion collection that never did that might make their way back. Oh my god! And a little James in the City uh, fashion line. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Can you tell, I won't ask too many details, but can you tell me if it's like menswear, women's wear, gender neutral? Um, I've always just figured out fashion to be gender neutral, um, but it would be a menswear line that women can easily wear, um, all inclusive. Uh, because I find, as a guy that's broad, I can't go in and get off-the-rack fashion. Yeah. Right? And if I'm going to meet with a designer, they're charging me double because they don't have my pattern. Yeah. Right? I mean, I just got really big shoulders and long legs. That shouldn't be my problem. Mm-hmm. So I want this line to be for guys that are not off-the-rack. There's a lot of athletes in Toronto. Yeah, tons. Right? Yeah. That will not fit into most off-the-rack. Okay. So it's for the... Uh, to include the not, like... Exactly. And you know what's crazy too? Um, Especially with fast fashion, Mm -hmm. like it's even smaller. At least like some department stores have a wider range. It's still not wide enough. But I remember like recently I was uh, shopping for a client and I'm not joking, every single pair of dress pants in this store, I won't name names, um, it was 
32 to yeah. like 36. There was one 28 and no 38s in the air. Like that's three sizes. Yeah. Like I'm a 38 and I have a hard time getting pants. And like probably you're maybe a 38 in most brands and then some you're not. Like I yeah. know that's the way I work too. Like, like I'll go up to a 40 or down to a 36. Yeah. Which is why I do so much of my shopping in the States. Right. 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 I go to Chicago or Atlanta because it's meant for guys with a booty. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. So, okay. So maybe some fashion and, yeah. um, you said your your team's building. Does that mean you're hiring on some people? Yeah, um, we're going to be growing and expanding. Um, you know, kind of targeting the four corners of Toronto, really bringing in the whole like James in the City like total brand. Um, so there's a lot of like fun things in the work. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Maybe a, a new office. We'll see. Oh yeah, and your current office is Beaches, right? Uh, it's downtown. Oh, it's downtown. Yeah, like in the St. Lawrence Market. So. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about opening something kind of like you know sleek, young, urban. Where would you want to open it? Um. You know, the Lower East Side somewhere. Okay. You know? I'm kind of thinking, like, Selling Plus Sunset the... meets the OC. Oh, nice. Like, very young, fashion-forward. Yeah. You know, exposed brick, super sexy, but, like, just come and hang out kind of thing. Yeah, like, distillery-ish? Yeah, not quite the distillery. I'd think more, like, around um, <clears throat> Cabbage Town. Okay. There's a lot of great spots there, and it's really changing. Like, the Lower East Side of Toronto. When I say Lower East Side, I mean, like, South of Blue. Southeast, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, that's really, like, changing. It is, a lot. A lot of new development coming in, so it'll be at, at the right wave to, to launch something. Excellent. Fantastic. Um, okay, so just before we get going, I'm going to ask you just a fast, quick uh, couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Your favorite footwear um, is what you wore here today. Yes. Tell us about those. Okay, so they are my, I don't even know what style of lubes they are, but they're studded and I love them. Um, I call them my running shoes because I don't wear sneakers. So <laughs> they're, you know, they're comfortable. I can run in them. I can, you know, literally be in them all day and not be in pain. Um, and I just feel like a total badass because they're studded and actually funny story. I was on a flight years ago and I had a similar pair on and um, TSA would not let me through. Why? Because they were considered a weapon. Come on. So they had to bag my shoes and I had to fly ratchetly in flip-flops to come home. Oh my God. That is amazing. I was coming back from Vegas. So obviously the shoes match the outfit and I had to fly in flip-flops back because I couldn't wear my shoes. I cannot believe that. They have to have had people go through... Uh, the airport with studded shoes on before. I mean, I'm 6'5", and I can be a little intimidating, so I, I don't guess. know if that was it, but... Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that had something to do with I it. I think so. <laughs> that is too funny. Okay, so you just feel like an absolute badass. And, yeah. and to be honest with you, you look like a badass in them. I love them. You guys are going to see a photo on Instagram. Thank they're you. colorful. They're out there. I would totally rock them if they were my size. Um, okay, and one piece of advice to somebody that might be walking a similar path to you. Um, just don't give up, right? Like there was times where I wanted to quit real estate. Just don't give up. Keep your head down, focus on the end goal. And, you know, you might not close every single deal you get. You might not get every listing you walk into, um, but it'll all turn out. Um, just to go a little bit further on that, if, when there's like some times that you've had where you're like, I need to give up, what, Mm -hmm. what did you do to like make yourself turn back around and be like, no. Um, I just look at like my role models in my life, like my mom who went through hell and she never gave up. Or I look at my broker, for example, who built her entire multi-billion dollar business as a single mom. So it's just like looking at strong, for me it's strong female leaders, but like looking at my mentors and how they haven't stopped. And it sounds like really, you know, cliche to say this, but I look at like someone like Cardi B, for example, who came, 
you know, dirt poor, out of the ghetto. And yeah, she was stripping, but like she saw her end goal and she saw what she wanted and she hustled till she got it. Mm-hmm. Right? So just don't give up. Seriously, she's like a huge, I think she's totally underrated her come up story as well because yeah. I totally agree. Like, and, and she just did what she's had to do. And I have like so much respect for. I mean, her and people like that who've just, um, you know, haven't given up. So, yeah. okay, good. Great advice. So, everyone, listeners, that's it for this episode. You can follow James, and you should because he's very entertaining. Um, and even the quotes and stuff that you post, like, literally make me chuckle. I get excited to watch your story. <laughs> um, so, guys, follow James. It's at J- the James in the city. So at the James in the city. No underscores, no periods, uh, just spelt re- the regular way. And then you can follow the podcast at coming up in my sneakers. Same thing. No underscores, no periods, uh, just spelt regular. And uh, we will see you guys on the gram. Okay. Have a great week and do not let me catch you wearing dirty sneakers.